generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. All right, we're going to honor the word of God this morning, shall we? Matthew chapter 5 from verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Please observe that. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. When, not if. (laughs) When they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. What should be your disposition? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. Where? In heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's read together from verse 13 to verse 16. I may drop out at some point, but please continue. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So what does it say? Verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Please look at your neighbor and say, I am salt. I am light. Tell the person, I am the salt of the earth, not the fault of the earth. Some of you are not sure. So I'm going to ask you if you can, get out of your seat and look for three people. Tell them you are the salt of the earth. Stop behaving like the fault of the earth. I don't know if Bimbo is taking notes, but drop that in the group right now. Bimbo, drop that. Tell somebody on the WhatsApp group, on the Mixalour group, on the YouTube. Tell them you are the salt of the earth, not the fault of the earth. Now tell somebody I am the light of the world. God has made light of me. So that men will not make light of me. Only seven people got what I just said. God has made light of me. So that men will not make light of me. In other words, I am God's light in my world. In my cosmos. In my generation. In my times. In my season. I'm trusting God for maybe 17 people, maybe 20 people who are not only going to hear this message and follow the series, but who will embody the virtue of the series. That when you step into a place, illumination has stepped into that place. 
when you step into a place change has come into that place when you step into a place transformation has come into that place when you come into a place the glory of God will be so proliferated in that place and people are going to know that God has not forsaken or abandoned them is anybody here right now we are the light of the world who's my light man this morning who's allowing the lights to go off we cannot be preaching salt and light and then the light goes off somebody shout I am salt and light father will release the spirit of wisdom and revelation of others house yes we'll be excited but beyond the excitement let us be transformed we'll receive wisdom accuracy of judgment and discernment in Jesus name we have prayed if there is any series I really want you to embody in the different aspects of your life it's all the series but there is something about the series that once you miss this one you can't do much with the others this is right out of the mouth of Jesus as he defines the essence of the people he is raising he says unequivocally you are the salt of the earth he is so direct about it he is so clear about it then it says you are the light of the world and over the next about six to eight weeks we're going to be looking at salt and light what it means the different aspects of it how you can be salt and light what does it mean to lose your flavor look at your neighbor say what's your flavor tell me what's your flavor right how, how it's easy for you to lose your what it means for you to lose your flavor how to reclaim your source and how to engage the tools and the platforms that your generation has been blessed with to manifest the glory of god but before we go into all of that discourse let me just ask somebody this morning is there anybody who knows that influence is important influence important yep so you might want to write this down your life looks more like your influences than your potential your life looks more like your influences than your potential the influencers in your life define and describe your life in a greater dimension than your potential doors and i'm talking about in manifest reality you are a product of your influences and influencers everything that you've seen in your life right now was influenced by something or someone are you here now how many of you know this whole thing that somebody gives birth like maybe when Odua was born or when Jaden was born and then we saw the baby pictures or when Dr. Wise's twins were born we saw the baby pictures and, oh, and after you look what was the first thing the first thing that most people would say tell me who does he look like and folks would go oh you have mommy's eyes and daddy's ears and grandpa's nose no the baby has his own eyes right and his own ears or our own ears but the point is we understand that everything that is born bears the semblance of something that was before it was born this is important so when you say i am my own person i make my own decision if you trace it well this i am my own person i make my own decision stems from your dad who once said that Oh, come on, somebody now. Nobody can tell me what to do. Oh, well, you sound like your uncle now. 
genetic influence is somebody here look at your neighbor say you are being influenced more than you know more than you've seen more than you've experienced because the greatest influences in your life are not the overt influences they are the covert influences in other words, they are not the influences that project themselves and announce themselves. They are the ones that subtly seep into your life and begin to fill your life. Which one are you uh, going to avoid more easily? A rock being thrown at you or gas being released? A rock being thrown because it's visible, it's concrete. And so you will dodge or dock. But how do you dock from your neighbor's gas? Uh, look at your neighbor say, I mean no disrespect. But if you have plans for this morning, I, I just, I just want to be, uh, just, just be a believer. Tell the person, be, use your church mind. He says, some of you are not taking up this offer to send an early uh, message. Uh, look at your neighbor say, don't gas on me this morning. Don't gas. Uh, ask your neighbor, what did you eat last night? Let me know whether to relocate. What did you eat last night? What did you eat last night? How much protein did you have last night? Covenant, come on. Talk to somebody. Anybody who had some beans. Anybody who had some eggs. Some, some baked beans. Some... Um, How do you dock from poisonous gas released? So the point is, the more conspicuous it is, the easier it is for you to avoid it. And this is the reason many believers are avoided in life. Because we are too concrete to be influential. By concrete, I mean we are too obvious. So they see us coming. So we are not able to walisi walara. Let me explain what that means. I spoke in tongues now. <laughs> we are not able to enter into them. We don't understand infiltration. We are too obsessed with domination. So people already see us coming. So they avoid us. Because we know that when you dress a certain way, you look like you're about to preach to me. And I don't need a preacher when what I need is a friend. Well, what I need is a confidant, an intercessor, a sounding board, a support system. Can I preach right now? So when Jesus speaks about influence, he said you should be as gentle as a dove and as wise, stealthy as a serpent. But most of us are as conspicuous as a cow. Barahada. They ask you, what's your suggestion about how we can increase the bottom line by 25% and cut costs by 17%? You say, from Manicopolias. You are too conspicuous. You speak in tongues in your bedroom. And you produce the result in the boardroom. Look at your neighbor. Say, you are too obvious to be influential. Okay, we'll talk this morning. Just want to lay a foundation in the service. I'm not a makeup artist, but can I lay a foundation? Even though it might make some people blush. Someone said they are nothing but pencil. 
even if you are pencil in God's hands, he will use you to beautify your generation. But you're more than a pencil. I'll talk about labels in the second service. So many of us, we don't know how to enter like gas. Look at your neighbor, say, be like gas. You're not voluminous, but you fill up the space. They can't see you, but they smell you. Uh, can I talk right now? You don't touch anybody, but you move people. Uh, can I talk right now? Um, whoever knew that waste products could be material for preaching? Be like gas. You may come from down and behind. But you end up in front. And on top. Look at your neighbor say, I'm on top of this. I'm on top of this. Shout, I'm like gas. I come out when they think it's all over. Can I pull? I'm preaching better than you're responding. When they feel like the meal is over, the release is just about to start. Oh my Lord. Please help me look at three folks who are looking super spiritual and who need an influence boost in their lives. Say, be like gas. Be like gas also means be expensive. Because gas is now very expensive. You may be in a ceiling there, but you're not ceiling there. Subtle. So think about the earliest influences in your life. How many of you have caught yourself sounding like your mom? Come on, let's be honest. Many of us are quick to identify the negative influences. So you just feel, I just sound like my mom right now. Come on, raise your hand. Sometimes you sound like your mom, think like your mom, react like your mom, and you catch yourself. Oh, come on right now. Or the way you scold your kids reminds you of your dad. You've been influenced. Subtle programming. Think about the early influences in your life. Some of you, you can't eat a meal without putting extra salt. Because your dad always asks for more salt. Oh, can I talk right now? And pepper. How many of you know that there's some of you who cannot eat rice without some condiments? My dad used to say, don't give me naked rice. That's rice that does not have support system. No fry plantain, no obstacle course, no manoeuvre to maneuver. We pick up those things from home, from the time you are born, you've already been influenced by the midwife that either spanked you or pinched you. Something was fired up in your subconscious. Sometimes your sensitivity started when you were in day one. And you have no idea. So you're very sensitive. But something happened, either genetically or environmentally. Are you here? It's deep. And as you leave the home, that's your primary caregivers, you leave the home, you are now exposed to more influences. So after being influenced at home, 
my dad and mom, so my preaching influence did not start on a stage or with a microphone or at a, behind a lectern. I learned to preach at home because we were five children, my dad and my mom, and by the time you get to seven, I think eight, by the time you get about seven or eight, you begin to take a part of the devotion for the day. Yep. Either you say a prayer or you do a recap. My dad was such an intelligent and brilliant strategist. I'm thinking about some of the things that he did. So every day of the week, we actually had prayer points for different things. And many of them were not for us. We were praying for nations. Imagine praying for nations at the age of seven. I think Thursday was UN, nations, WHO, UNICEF, and all of that stuff. I think Friday was for churches and me. Somebody shout influence. And sometimes when you go further in life and you pull out certain things, you don't even know where it's coming from. Let me give you a practical example. Been setting up an office for months now. I can announce the lunch date for everybody, but it's going to be launching very soon. And I'm theming the days. I'm theming all the days. Monday, this is going to happen. Tuesday, that's going to happen. So I have Momentum Mondays, Transmissional Tuesdays, White People Wednesdays, Thunderclap Thursdays, Flourish Fridays, and all of that. And as I was thinking about it and planning around, it just occurred to me, this did not start with you. Your dad named the days of the week. And about 30 years later, there is a solid deposit of that on the inside of you that is influencing how you are shaping your life. As it is in the positive, can I propose to you? There are many battles you are facing as a result of negative influence in your life. But in the series, we're going to expose them. Oh, that amen sounds like it needs to be influenced by the Spirit of God. In the series, we're going to expose them. We're going to uproot them. We're going to install new operating systems by the Spirit of Christ. And the right influences will gain ascendance in your life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, help my time. So as you begin to get out of the house, more influences come upon you and you begin to express negativity so the first i think the first memory i have or the earliest memory i have of a negative influence that i've told the story for some of you remember was on the playground you remember the playground you remember did it happen to you too or just stuck just stuck oh my gosh i was caught i was playing on the playground and you know innocence was part of God's original, natural, and organic influence. God never wanted you to know evil. He never wanted you to experience evil. That's why I said he can eat of all the trees of the garden, but don't eat of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? God wanted you to operate, watch this, in positivity and life and light by choosing it all the time. You never got addicted to sugar until you were exposed to it. Oh, come on right now. You never got exposed to soft drinks and fizzy drinks. A day without coke is a day that is incomplete. I don't feel normal without coke. So you're now a coke addict. But you have to be exposed to it for you to revisit it often enough. Told why you're here. You get that? 
So God wanted you to be exposed to only good, only good. So in my mind, there are many things I was exposed to early. And I thought everybody was like that. So for example, I thought everybody studied the Bible every day. Because that's what I was exposed to. Pardon? You thought everybody used body cream every day. Because that's what you were exposed to. You thought everybody used deodorants. Come and talk to me. You thought everybody brushed their mouths every day. Until you discover that some people did it once in a while. I thought everybody had some musical gift or musical ability or some hymns or something because we sang hymns and my dad played the piano. So I thought everybody could hold a tune at least. Until I was shocked. Thank you so much. Right? So I thought everybody was nice and good. So this girl came and this girl said, ah, you want to go on the swing, on the slide? I said, yes. So let me hold your biscuits. Because I was holding my biscuit. Shot cake, I think it was. It's about five or so. Let me hold your biscuit. <laughs> so I gave her my biscuit. No suspicion, no errors, no validation, nothing. Just, you know, ask and receive. Just to hold it for me. It became a stronghold. Because <laughs> I, I just went, went my turn, did the slide. <sighs> I can feel it in my hands. I can see it in my feet. Biscuit. Biscuit, where have you gone? <laughs> she had disappeared. The first introduction of suspicion and mistrust in my life. And many of us don't know why we're so suspicious. Why somebody has done everything to prove their commitment and loyalty, but you just will not believe it. Because you were influenced and introduced into distrust at a subconscious level. Somebody shall influence. Is somebody getting this? Just laying a foundation. Don't miss second service. So we see all of these things in our lives, and then we live in the age of influencers. All of us have been influenced long before there was social media. We were influenced by the housemaid that was watching porn. Actually then they used to call it blue film. Blue film. The film that blew you. It's a sexual scene. I didn't know what it was. I knew it later, much later, much later in my life what it was condom because when we discovered it in the bq in the drawer of the uncle or one of the uncles who used to leave because we had many uncles and aunts that used to leave in the bq one of the uncles everybody thought it was bloom bloom except my older brother i believe and maybe my older sister they're five and three years older than me but i'm not sure my older sister knew just blue poo poo it was a new one thankfully Oh yeah, yeah, I just just a disclaimer. 
I, it, it was a little awkward though. It was different from the kind of balloons we had seen before. That a, a little tip somewhere. It's the commentary for me. My hype man in the service. I didn't know what it was. Influence at a subconscious level. You were not the one watching it, but almost every time you walked by, mm, ah, mm, ah, something <laughs> that person was reciting, old Roger came down, giving me a knock. Hmm, ah. <laughs> Meanwhile, they should have given that person a knock because they dropped something in your soul that compromised your purity and innocence for years long after they stopped watching it. See, eh, this influence matter. We must understand it. Because many of us, we think we're influential, but we're not. Influence at its peak is subtle. But it strategically controls nations, generations, communities, times, and seasons. Influence is like breeze. <sighs> you know one of the things about breeze? It can either blow you to sleep or blow you away. Come on, somebody. So when you're under influence, you're either going to relax or you have a revolution. But true influence is not neutral. Oh, come on. The age of influencers. Media, if you can afford to put it on the screen within the time that I have left. We have the age of influencers where on social media there are people now who are manifesting and radiating influence on different levels. So we have different kinds of influences from film to fitness and food and fashion and fit fam and all of that. There's some guy on Instagram called Salt Bay. Salt Bay, he's a Turkish butcher. Anybody's seen him before? He just chops meats and spices and does all those kind of things. He has fought 3.3 million people. Ah, Eleron. Eleron is butcher. Someone that is selling. Look at your neighbor. Say there is something you have that millions will latch on to if you understand influence. There's this guy called Zaking. His videos are wild. Have you seen him before? He does animation and interfaces. Animation will still make pictures and it's just magical. Like he can pull like the way uh, Uche is now. He can just pull Uche here and then you're going to see like a magazine or a television or something. Or he can step into a TV box and become the newscaster inside. And it's so seamless and organic. My man has 24.5 million followers. On Instagram, I think on YouTube, it might, it might be bigger than that. Film. That has no, in many cases, in my opinion, I don't know whether it's saved or not, but if it's not saved, film. Film. That has no impact on eternity. So why are you not studying influence for what you've been given that can shape the eternal destinies of people? There is a reason the I in our name is What? Oh, you're not shouting as strong as you should. Cristiano Ronaldo, he has almost half a billion.
billion followers. Almost half a billion followers across the social media platforms. From kicking the ball. But guess what? From kicking the ball, he has diversified and spread into all media. I have to remind something. In fact, there's going to... Don't influence me. Right? From kicking the ball, he has diversified into the major other things that people are gravitating towards. Write those things down. Write those things down. Number one, people are gravitating a lot towards food. People are excited about food. So whether it's spiritual food or mental food, so if you're a teacher, a coach, a trainer, that's mental food or spiritual food. Pastor, that's food. And then food, food. Selling food, uh, meat, chicken, whatever. People are excited about it. Number two, fitness. Most people want to lose weight. Some people want to gain weight. Some people want to build their muscles. Right? Some people want to build momentum. Some people want to be mentally fit. So you position yourself as a fitness coach, mental fitness coach, or, or a financial fitness coach, or marital fitness. People want to be fit. They want to get their marriage in shape. Number three, fashion. So style and makeup, tailoring, positioning yourself. I can see that David knows all, of, all about this, so doesn't need to take any notes. I mean, like, you know, he actually prepared the notes for me. So I'm the one sharing out of voice, like, oh, Pastor, you're doing well. Deliver better. Next two lines, hot, right, right. So fashion, people are into fashion, excited about fashion. How about fantasy? So fantasy movies, fantasy games, you know, fantasy things in another world, the metaverse. People are also concerned about fantasy and family. Family, so family ties, relationship, parenting, and all of that. These are five of some of the top things, but they are not the only things because we see in film you can put that as well. So documentary, uh, documentary, short stories, vlogs, telling a story. These are major centers where people are driving. This is just bonus, it's not in my notes. I'm just giving spontaneously. Right? But give me the next line. Give me the next line. How many people have heard about Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber, anybody? Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber. Okay, that sounds like the way my evil brothers would call it. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, do you, do you have the slide? He has 428. Sorry, 420.54 million followers. Ariana Grande, 398.5. 3 million followers. Selena Gomez. 380.75 million followers. Taylor Swift. 354.4 million followers. So we have the family influences. The fitness influences. The film influences. The uh, uh, what else did I say? Fashion influences. The food influences. My question, where are the faith influences? Jesus said, food for the belly, belly for the food. Both of them will perish. But when he speaks about faith, he said, your faith be much more precious than gold. Somebody shout, we have to loud it. Look at your neighbor, say, I don't take loud, but they will take me loudly. Tell the person I'm not all about loud, loud spending, but I'm about loud, loud speaking. 
Remy, I've heard you talk louder than that. Someone look at your neighbor and say, speak louder. Where are the faith influencers? Where are the faith influencers? And let me tell you part of what we're going to deal with. We're also going to deal with the spirit of envy and the spirit of small-mindedness. Because instead of faith influencers support other faith influencers, they are competing with other faith influencers. And part of competition is not just doing what they are doing, it's not supporting what they've started. So you see somebody else in the same category, instead of you to drop a comment and put something there and repost and share it because you belong to the same kingdom, you're like, how come she has 20,000 people on her on style vlog and I have only 200? Don't you understand what God is doing? That you will enter into the labors of other people? That the one who has 20,000 is breaking open the subconscious minds of people so that when they see your content, it's easier for them to gravitate towards it because the person with a bigger audience already broke that through. Are you understanding the issues of God? Is that it's the devil that pushes down the agenda of God and there can be something subtly satanic about a believer that is not supporting other believers. What can I talk right now? Look at your neighbor say, support me or support me. Tell that person when you see my post, like it or say when I'm launching my podcast, can you please listen? It's important. It's important. <laughs> I already said I can't even go as far as I wanted to go in this. But is somebody getting something? Yes, is this a good foundation? Yes, sir. Covenant, you hear what I'm saying? We are the faith influencers. Let's look at the Nigerian. I wish I could get you to pull out the Nigerian stats, but some of you can look for it. So you see Hollywood or you see Nollywood, you're going to see people that have 10 million followers, who have 12 million followers, who have 30 million followers. The pastor with the largest following in Nigeria on Instagram doesn't have up to 2 million. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Now someone's going to be like, is it competition? Uh, your competition is not the church next door. Your competition is the brothel. Your competition is the fallen nature. Your competition is the clubhouse. Your competition is the person singing. Is the person saying, all I want is your waist. Whereas the believer needs to get their waist and put the belt of truth around their waist so that they will not be wasted. Imagine of all those big and massive movements that the Lord has blessed us with as a, as a nation on the social media side of things. We're only just beginning to have people who have 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I'm talking about the biggest speakers and ministers of the gospel. Whereas you go to all those gossip vlogs and all of this. Now I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not despising what we're doing, but I'm saying to whom much is given, much is expected. I don't think enough believers have seen the importance of influence that there are many people that will not come to a church gathering, but they will watch a podcast, they'll watch a vlog, or they will see a download. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I've told you before that people have said to me, I refuse to commit suicide because I read your post. In other words, a post in one country 
country can be life saving in another country and all I want to do is to recruit some people who understand the power of salt and light that the container may change but the substance is still the same and no matter what God will always use influence for his kingdom are you hearing this this is the reason sometimes to look as though God is stepping outside of the cluster of believers to look for Cyrus and call Cyrus anointed why Cyrus has the influence I need to advance my kingdom and I'm more committed to my kingdom than your congregation so we concentrate so much on congregational gatherings and congregational growth and that's important I want every chair here filled in both services in three services don't get me wrong but after filling these chairs that we all have, I think last week we were almost about 300 in live attendance, another 250 or so in online attendance, right? So you had about maybe 600 people locked on to different streams of ministry last week. But guess what? 600 people, that's even less than 8% of PLT's current page on Instagram. By the way, she's back on Instagram, so follow that page and grow it back, people. That's less than a thousand. So when I do some white paper posts, they get 3,000 likes. In other words, with one post, I'm reaching more people. Many of them get up to 50,000, 60, 80,000 people within five days. Somebody shout influence. So if I have 10 gatherings of kings, I've still not matched that thing online. Somebody say, I know you may, it may not be your 40. Tell that person, it may not be your 40. But your kingdom agenda is important enough for you to hack it. Somebody shout, will hack it. By the way, it's not just about social media. But social media is one of the most powerful platforms. So write this down. Influence is God's idea. Influence is not the devil's idea. Influence is not the devil's idea. The devil hijacks influence and perverts influence, but God is the originator of influence. God originated influence. Why did he do that? Because he wanted growth, the expansion of his kingdom, the extension of his will, the proliferation of his agenda. That is what his influence is all about. So the very first influencer that we see in the Bible is God himself. How did God influence us? How did God influence the first man? The word says that God formed man. And then he breathed, Genesis 2 from verse 7, he breathed into man, right? The breath of lives and man became a living being. So what do influencers do? Influencers, they work with two major things. They work with voices and visuals. What are the two major things? They deal with visuals. What are visuals? Photography, pictures, images, portraits. Those are visuals, imaging, styling. So they have photo shoots because they want to look a certain way. Somebody here. I know somebody's getting it. I know somebody will do wonders with this series. I'm not sure who it is, but I know somebody will. Oh, I don't have any witness there. What did God say? Let us make man in our own 
image. So when they want people to appear in a certain image, what do they do? They get an influencer to embody that image. They spend so much money on making that image compelling and attractive. Look at your neighbor. Say, who's dictating your dress code? Who, who? Tell that neighbor, say that hairdo you are wearing, it's coming from somewhere. Some of you are not telling nobody that. You, you need to tell somebody. That skirt. That you never wear that skirt to the garden of believers. But every now and again on Saturdays we can sort of see red seas parting in the wrong direction. Mm. And even though God is, is high and mighty, you are thigh. And mightily misleading people. Where did that desire come from? You saw an image. And you liked what you saw. How can I talk? Something you are seeing is shaping how you are thinking. Something you are paying attention to is buying space in your subconscious mind. Say, I just like it since when did you start liking it? It makes me look cool. <laughs> Whilst you're making many men's, men, men's pants hot. So you are looking cool, they are feeling hot. You said I'm chilled, but they are boiling. You say it's mellow, they are turning yellow. You say I'm a soft girl, they are getting hard. And you said it's not their fault. Rather, it's not your fault, you're saying. But you're behaving like the fault of the earth, not the salt of the earth. A fault is a crack line. You know what I call a fault? It's also a crack line. Somebody say, I'm not the fault of the earth. I'm the salt. Because when that guy has that erection, instead of erecting the purposes of God, and he has that erection on your own account. Now, I understand all this is about self-control and all of that. That's so true. Men should control themselves. But why are you the one making it harder for them to stop getting harder? Oh, y'all, I've been preaching this morning. Uh, am I talking right now? Man, am I helping you? Because there's involuntary hardship. There's hardship that comes through meditation. There's hardship that comes through omitonshaw. They now have to use self-control. If there's a sister, look at your sister in the house. Say, sister, I never want to use my self-control on that matter on your accounts except I end up marrying you when I get married to you you can be soft on me I'll get hard on you oh can I preach right now no holidays on Saturdays because in my go day and I'm a go dear why people blush when I bring out the internal conversations and I bring it out in the open isn't that honest come on isn't that honest <laughs> I need to go to the island <laughs> look for 700 people and tell them 
Watch it, watch it, watch it. Alright, I wish I could land later, but I can't land later and it's wrong. So, in the second service, I will start off by talking about the difference between power and influence. Because many believers think that power is influence. <laughs> and there's a difference between power and influence. I have about 10, at least 10 distinctions I have painfully and patiently isolated because I was speaking to God and God said, one of the challenges with my people is that they think that because they've received power, they've received influence. They are two different things. Power is not influence. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. So receiving power is power. But witnessing in different places is Because the reason you are given power is for influence. So if you have power without influence, you are a liability and not an asset. And those who have influence but little power will always control those who have great power and no influence. Oh, somebody missed that. <laughs> oh, Barako Shabayas. When God breathed into Adam, he became a living being. That's God's power. He became a living nefesh. That's power. That's ability. That's construct. But then he commanded him and he said, what? Be fruitful. Produce something that influences people. A fruit influences you. Influences your sight when you see it, it affects what you see, your touch, your taste. Your are you following this now? A fruit influences you, produce something that shapes how people taste and touch and feel. And when the fruit gets into the human being, it influences their bloodstream. Come on now. Produce something that I can use to install my values in the bloodstream of the culture. Obedient, some of you are looking as if you don't get what I'm saying. You will, you must get it. Lord, please just give me maybe 25 people because all you had were 12 and they changed the world. He said, be fruitful. He said, don't stop at fruitfulness. Multiply. He had already given them power, but he was giving them instructions for influence. Why? Power does not automatically become influence. There are protocols for influence. So there are many powerful believers, no influence. Powerful ability, no influence. Powerful gifts of the spirit, no influence. That explains the church in Nigeria. How many of you know the church in Nigeria is powerful? I hope you know that. Very powerful. How many of you know that there are some pastors that nobody can touch? Or the nation might burn. 
I hope you know that. Okay. You don't know that? Hey, Labaku. It's not every church building they can bulldoze. I hope you know. Go and try the Rock Cathedral. Try, try to bulldoze. They will bulldoze you. It's called the Rock Cathedral. I'm just as an example. There are many. There's one in Lekki. They actually wanted to move, but influence. Because the pastor of that church had raised the person who became the vice president. The current vice president was in his discipleship school 20 years ago. So the church in Nigeria, powerful. If the church in Nigeria wants to raise a trillion naira, in fact, if you combine the offerings in all the churches today, it's more than enough money to transform the civilization of Nigeria within two years of right allocation. Somebody shout, we have power. But we must develop influence. Somebody shout, we must develop influence. Is my car ready? Is my car ready? Is my car ready? We're ready? All right, I need to go, guys. Anybody got something? Anybody got something? Don't miss the second service because this was just like 25% of the first service. Right? The church in Nigeria, one of the mandates upon the church in our generation is to respectfully and prayerfully and strategically honor, value, serve the powers that have been, that have dis been displayed and then translate it intelligently into influence. Let me propose this to you. The devil knows he cannot do anything about your power. But he can do a lot about your influence. And what changes the world is not your power. It's your influence. God bless you guys. Can somebody begin to pray in one minute? I am not powerful without influence. In the name of Jesus. I'm not just quoting scriptures, but no influence in the name of Jesus. I don't have a small mind. I'm influential in the name of Jesus. I do not see myself as Gideon did. Lord, I'm the last in my family. My family is the least. But God calls him a mighty man of valor. Somebody begins to ask God to change their perspective of themselves. God calls me to see me the way you see me. That thought that you had in mind, Jehovah, that caused you to create me as a matter of importance, as a matter of urgency, as a matter of necessity. God was saying, okay, you had to be born in such a time as this. God was saying, Mr. Shea, you had to be born at such a time as this. Of necessity. God opened my eyes to see. Help me not to be constrained by the things around me. Help me not to be constrained by the things that my eyes can't see. Help me not to be constrained by the seeming limitations that I have. Help me not to be constrained by envy, by jealousy. Pidams has taught us uh, that envy is just admiration that has lost its way. God, help me, oh God, uh, to align myself with your plan, with your will, and your purpose. Uh, God, help me not to be so self-centered uh, that I'm jealous. Uh, help me to be so self, not to be so self-centered uh, that I'm thinking about my audience, my congregation, as Pidam said, and not the kingdom. Uh, my prayer this week, personally, has been, Lord, uh, I want to be the donkey that you ride into my generation with. Uh, I want to be the donkey that you ride into my city with. 
I want to be the donkey that you ride uh, into the systems of this earth with. Uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, uh, I am salt. Somebody say, I'm salt. Uh, I will not lose my flavor. I will not lose my relevance. I will not go unnoticed. I will not go unheard. In the mighty name of Jesus. I am a king. I am a king. What's a king without honor? What's a king without a domain? What's a king without people? What's a king without authority? What's a king without influence? What's a king without honor? What's a king without relevance? I am not, I am not, I am not redundant. I am not redundant. I am a king. I have influence in the mighty name of Jesus in my business space in my home, with my siblings, with my colleagues. I have influence with my boss in the mighty name of Jesus. I have influence in the name of Jesus. My name can open doors when necessary. My name can open doors when necessary. The favor of God on my life gives me access to spaces and to people in the mighty name of Jesus. I am not small. I am not small. I am not small in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray for kings. We are influential in the mighty name of Jesus. We spread from the mainland to the island, to the north, to the south, to the east and to the west in the mighty name of Jesus. We are forced to be reckoned with. The devil knows us and he's terrified of us. God knows us and he's pleased with us. He entrusts up to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to pray for your teammates. We are influencers in the mighty name of Jesus. It doesn't just end on a Sunday morning, on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. We are influential. It's not just one person. It's not just two people. All of us together in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, Father, let this fire burn in us consistently every day. Let it burn in us every day. Your word says that we should occupy until you come. We are to occupy influentially. We are to let the world know about Jesus. We are to draw men to you, lift you up before men. Let this fire burn in us perpetually. Let us not have rest until we have influence for the kingdom. Let a day not go by that we can sleep on our influence. Somebody say, I will not sleep on my influence. I will not sleep on my influence. I pray that God begins to paint a picture in your mind of who you really are. That plan that he had in mind when he was creating you. God does not deal with non-entities. He does not. You are not inconsequential in the chain of life. We say it so often. You know how you feel when you hit your small toe at the edge of a table. Your whole body feels it. So no matter how old you are, no matter what your job is, no matter what your family background is, you have the capacity for influence. And we call it forth and we draw it out in the name of Jesus. 
we call it forth and we draw it out in the mighty name of Jesus. And we decree and declare as individuals and as a house, we are influencers in kingdoms, in generations, in systems. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our path will not be truncated by the distractions that the enemy will put in our way. We overcome. We're in a generation that is very somehow, but we overcome in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because indeed we are the salt of the earth and we are the light of the world. We shine, we preserve in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Somebody celebrate God. Somebody celebrate God and somebody shout, I am light. I'm the salt of the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.